Hi, you're listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. This is Vicki Baird. I appreciate you stopping by and subscribing, leaving a message, forwarding, sharing with your friends, all of this as we learn together how to develop our intuition as our first sense. So this week we are going to talk about micro movements because I truly know that they add up and I am wanting to help you to create habits that are supportive, to shift whatever's not working for you, and to help all of us be a little bit kinder to ourselves. And we can do that through micro movements. So thank you for staying with me and for being inquisitive enough to wonder what the heck is she going to say about micro movements and what are they anyway? Well, they're the small shifts and changes that we make that eventually add up to a habit, to a way of being. And some habits are supportive and others are not. So one of the things that I encourage in my coaching business is that whatever changes we're going to make and whatever we've indicated as a desire from the client or the corporation to change, that we do it in micro movements. I used to be someone that just wanted to jump to the finish line and I still have a little bit of that tendency within me. I'm learning to appreciate the process and depending on what it is, sometimes I just want to rush through it. And yet I know, and I very much walk my talk. So if I'm suggesting micro movements, it's also because I am, oh, implementing them and doing the best I can with them at the time. So I remember when I first started running that I just, you know, figured I'll just go out there and run um, because I can do this. And my lungs, I forgot to check with my lungs. And then at some point, you know, sometimes I forget to check with my legs because they're not always so interested in what my brain thinks is possible. Well, I did not get a marathon runner's body and I'm okay with that. However, I love the process of a run. So for me, a 5k or 10k, is a good number. I've done many half marathons, (laughs) but I would not say they're my favorite. They are a goal to put up there and to keep me running the 5Ks a couple times a week, but not necessarily the, yay, let's go do that. Uh, So the micro movements that got me there were running two minutes at a time and then running four minutes at a time. And I still walk within my run because, first of all, Galloway Method rocks, and also because I want it to be something that I enjoy. And I believe micro-movements can lead up to joy. They can help us to alleviate some of the pressure that might be there. If I thought the only way to run a 5K is to run the entire 5K, then I might not ever do it. And I wouldn't be getting them in a couple times a week. I would just bail on it. But to allow my brain to practice and and recognize that the process of, you know, maybe I run a mile and then I, I walk for 
30 seconds and then I run another mile and then I walk for 30 seconds. Sometimes I might walk for a minute if there's a really big hill in front of me. And this process has really helped me appreciate my own body, uh, the ability it has, and to be kinder to myself because it definitely translates into other areas of life. Our habits don't just pop up. We create them along the way. So supportive ones can be created as well as we unwind the ones that are not supportive. So the way that that happens and the way that we get an indication that we'd like to change a habit is first you get an indication or a heads up, right? Something doesn't feel right. We feel stuck, feel distracted, um, something feels out of alignment with ourselves. It just doesn't feel right. That's your intuition tapping on the head saying, um, something could be changed here. And it could be that, you know, you didn't like the fact that when you walked up those stairs, you were so out of breath. So that led you to seeking a trainer and, and working on your cardio. So there's an indication or a heads up. It may be that the relationship you're in is just not tripping your trigger and you have to look at that in order to make some shifts and maybe you're the one that has to change some habits. So you get the indication or a heads up, you get the, uh, let's pay attention to this. And then you get the desire for change and they run so closely together that sometimes it's difficult to figure out which one is in charge or to delineate. But the desire for the change um, is like you um, may start an exercise program and back off of it. You may feel like you need an outlet for the energy. You feel a little pent up perhaps. Um, you, you buy the cookbooks for whatever is the diet of the month that's going on out there. You have a desire to change because you can feel, I believe, where your soul has already led you in that desire for raising your vibration, for feeling a more aligned way of living. Um, you can feel that. To me, it almost feels like there's a magnet ahead of me, pulling me towards that. And that's the whatever that is. I may not know it right away, but it's pulling me towards a change. Um, or towards something I would like to be different because of the indication of the heads up that I had that I just didn't like where I was. So then we respond to that desire with some kind of action. So say you realize that the work you're doing is not the work you want to be doing. So you may need to update your resume. You may need to take a class to increase your skills. You may need to talk to somebody um, and if you, um, your desire was to change around your eating habits, you may need to do a little research or meet with a nutritionist, but there's some action that has to be created there. And then the brain gets to feel good because there's some satisfaction that you took action and that's the reward. 
So it could be maybe you want to change a habit in that you don't want to eat so much sugar. So you decide not to buy it or bring it in the house because you're the only person who lives here and the cat and the rabbit don't know how to shop. So if it's in the house, you brought it in. Hmm. wonder if I'm talking to myself there. <laughs> so then it may be challenging when, you know, the snacks, snack attack hits <laughs> and then you realize you don't have anything here <laughs> in order to fill that need for the, the sugar, but you do have uh, almonds or, you know, you can make a smoothie or you could have a cup of hot cinnamon tea and that changes it. And then the reward is that I... I took care of myself there. That feels good. It's just a matter of meeting it each time until you lay down new groundwork again within the brain because the habits got created by, you know, by reinforcing the desire at the time and the desire for a snack or sugar or other substance may be because you're avoiding something in your life and, and you'd rather go for the distraction of the snack rather than paying attention to it. So any of these ways, when you think of a habit, it's, it, if you think of it as a programmed process, then it's not as difficult to change because I find that when you take the judgment out of it and you stop taking it personally, you see it more objectively that this is the habit that I've, that has been created. Um, and, and this is the habit or the change in behavior that I would like to see. Well, then you can create a plan and our brains really like plans. So the idea of, of micro movements come in because to make really big changes, sometimes our brain freaks out. So I have found that the micro movements are the ones that add up over time. And much like you, you got into the habit of drinking coffee or you, you know, got into the habit of I'm running or taking care of yourself. You did that because you did it over and over and over again, and it eventually laid down a neural pathway in your brain. And that habit then, once reinforced, begins to be supportive rather than um, depleting of your energy field. So when you think of it as a programmed process it becomes less challenging to shift. And a lot of the marketing that we have in our world is about big changes. Um, become a millionaire in one weekend. Get a thousand followers with one offer. Uh, don't do that. If the people don't matter to you and you're just going to pay for people to follow you, that that's not authentic. Don't be like that. Um, you're going to meet the love of your life by changing this one aspect of yourself. Well, maybe, but is it really going to happen that quickly? N not. In all likelihood, it's not because you have to be good with yourself and on a large basis in who you are in order to attract that person of like-minded. That's a different episode. I'll do that one later. But big changes don't work in the long term. They're, I think they're too much of a shock to our system. And I think the huge changes, uh, we some part of our, our 
subconscious fights against that. So if you can do the smaller changes, it helps you to uh, enact that change and, and to affect some change. So it's like when people want to become vegetarian or vegans, uh, they'll ask me, because I'm vegetarian, they'll ask me, um, you know, do I just take out everything? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Do not do that. You start with maybe three days less a week of eating any kind of meat. And then maybe you go to a particular meat. For me, it was easy because I didn't like poultry. So I chose poultry. And then eventually over time, took out the rest of the other, took out beef. It was only beef that was really an issue for me. The rest of it was not a problem. Um, but, and then the same in any changing of habit, you take out a little bit and you bring in something that you really like and it helps to shift that mindset. So the micro movements matter. I said that one time to a client and it clicked for both of us. And, uh, it was funny because I remember her saying, you need to write that down and do a podcast on this. So here I am, Wendy, I'm actually doing the podcast. (laughs) So on this subject, and some it's coming up now too because i've seen a lot of now that we're you know isolating and we are physical distancing there i'm seeing a lot of posts that say uh if somebody wants you to make changes during this time um or accomplish something while you have this time that's just a capitalist m- m- uh message and you need to ignore it Well, I disagree. I think that often we're given space and, and circumstances happen so that we can assess what's going on in our lives and what we would like to shift and then make those and set those intentions to change things, to shift. And like I've said before, if I was just meant to sit around and contemplate belly button lint right now, uh, I, it would cause me more stress than, than thinking about, okay, what would I like to organize? What would I like to clean up? I want to have less paper around. So I've been scanning things in and uploading them to Evernote so that I have less paper around. Um, I'm always a fan of reducing clutter. So I have a couple boxes now to donate and, have already dropped stuff off to other people who could use them, who could put what I was releasing to benefit in their own businesses. So that was, that's been a lot of fun. Um, So sure, you can take this time to coast. I'm going to tell you from an intuitive perspective, it feels like anybody who coasts through this and doesn't necessarily shift anything in their life is going to have a bit of whiplash to deal with when life starts rolling again. And that's just an energetic component of this, that if given the space, take the, take the opportunity. Um, And it's, you know, energy is meant to be used. So if your energy is not being um, parlayed in a way that it was just two weeks ago or a month ago, then figure out where that energy can go. We might be human beings, and I I really uh, appreciate that mindset, but we are also action-oriented, and I think we have to appreciate that and just know what your level is. So what are the, but this is an opportune time to practice the micro movements. You know, maybe it's creating a habit of 
not going to bed unless the dishes are done. Um, maybe it's uh, getting a uh, meditation practice in place so that when you make your coffee or tea in the morning or whatever it is that you're get your system moving in the morning that you connect two minutes, two minutes of meditation to that or a self check-in. So micro movements, they, they really add up. It's 3M. It's a different 3M. (laughs) So one of the ways that I think it's most effective to change or to create some new habits is to meet them where they already are. What is the habit of today? And to look at it and meet it there. If you are someone who's a bit of a clutter hound and you leave papers everywhere, well, let's start with the mail process. What is the process of bringing mail into your home? I personally believe that there should be a recycling bin just as you enter and you open up that mail, you drop the outside envelope into the recycling bin and that does not make it to your desk. Then whatever it is that you're looking at goes to where it needs to be addressed. If this is some uh, promotional mail, well, you can contact the company and tell them to take you off the list so that we're not wasting trees and so that you don't have more clutter coming into your home. If it's a communication that needs to be dealt with, it gets immediately put in the folder for that. If it's a bill that needs to be paid, again, it gets put in the folder that needs to be addressed for that or wherever you put your um, most need to remember documents. Um, Or you sign up for paperless billing. Whatever it is, you begin that habit at, right at the beginning. You, you look at what is my process now? Do I even have a process? If I don't have a process, well, sweet, you start there. Um, but take the stigma out of whatever it is that you would like to change. Once you, would, once you have the indication of the heads up that something wants to change, uh, don't judge yourself meet it where it is and say, oh, this is fantastic. I'm recognizing that I want to shift something. And now what is it that I get to shift? Anybody who's coached with me knows that I recommend a happy dance. And listen, I'm not the best dancer out there. I can, I have rhythm for music, but dancing, mm, it's just not something (laughs) that I'm naturally um, uh, gifted at. So Uh, But I think everybody can do the happy dance and whatever that means for you. Um, I do, I like using the rebounder. I even like jumping rope. I'm just not all that great at it. Over 25, I get there and I trip. But that'll change. The more I practice, that number will go up. And so I tend to bounce like Tigger when I make, that's my happy dance. Um, I'll do a couple bounces. So... There, that's the reward, right? So if you meet whatever it is that you'd like to shift and take the judgment out of it, it is what it is right now, um, then know that there needs to be a happy dance at the end. Now, there can be a different kind of reward as well. Perhaps if you've been consistent 
with your exercise routine and you know that you need good exercise, you need good clothes for working out, they really do matter. Uh, If any of you are working out in cotton, cut it out because that's probably one of the reasons that you're not liking it so much. It's definitely one of the reasons that you're so hot. But maybe your reward will be the um, pair of running tights that you've wanted um, when you meet a certain number of miles. Whatever it is, there needs to be some sort of happy dance at the end. There has to be a reward. It's just how our brains work. You know, that's why we want sugar. It gives us that little rush. So one of the ways to assess what you would like to change, and this is a this is a common practice if you've listened to any of the episodes that I suggest, is that you have to get quiet, you have to sit, and you have to do a list. So write down... Make a list of what your habits are right now. I want the supportive ones on there as well. So if you are um, reading before you go to sleep rather than being on your phone or a tablet or something, that's a supportive habit. It's also very good for your brain because it allows the melatonin to be produced so that you can sleep well and not wake up three hours after you went to sleep. If you're doing that, Got to look at those screen that screen time. So that might be the shift that you want to make. Less screen time. So what's the reward for me? It's a particular writer that I like, and it's a futuristic um, homicide detective series. And I love it. And I can read it and go right to sleep and not have nightmares. So that's my reward for less screen time. So connecting it, but write down what your habits are, write down what you're already doing, and then you can indicate what you would like to shift. And then there's a little reward in this built in that when you recognize the supportive habits, the reward is already there that, wow, I am doing that for myself. I, that's fantastic. And then Keep the ones that are supportive, obviously, but we're not talking about changing all of these habits at once. Again, big changes, they don't work. Make the smaller changes. Pick one, not 10. Um, And then what is the first step that you can take to shift the behavior? It's really important to be simple and specific here. So... I want to lose weight is not enough. I want to lose 50 pounds is too big of a jump. I would like to lose five pounds. Great. We can start there. What is the change that you want to make? And then what is the desired outcome? Often we don't have the the big picture, the desired outcome spoken or written down. We leave it very vague. I want to feel better. I want to be happy. I want to um, fit in those clothes. Might seem specific, but they're not. I want to wear a size, and be realistic here, to wear a size 10. Um, Or I want to be able to run that um, half marathon in under three hours. Be specific. And then what action 
are you going to take to move it forward? Are you going to, like I said earlier, remove the sugar, the carbs from the hot, well, you still need some carbs, but remove the ones that are above and beyond pretzels. Why? Why do they make such good gluten-free pretzels? Um, But if you don't buy them, you don't put them in your pie hole, you've made a change, right? So what is the specific action you're going to do to move it forward, to go to the work thing? If you've been furloughed from your job right now and you're being, I think, given an opportunity from the universe to assess what you would like to be doing and how you would like to be in the world and how would you like to make your income, right now would be a great time to write down what are the actions you're going to take to move that forward. And then what is your reward? Be specific. When the five pounds are down, what is the reward? Um... Is it that you um, up your mileage, which would be somewhat of a reward because for those of us that follow numbers, that does get a little addicting. Um, So that can be your reward. Or is it that you're going to um, put $5, a dollar for every pound, away so that you can purchase the equipment that best serves you for the activity that you're participating in. Because it's also good for us, I think, to have something out there a little bit and, and get out of this habit of instant gratification. I think that's where the the promise of big returns comes from, you know, this drive-through mentality we have that you order something at the window and you pick it up at the next window when really working for something, putting some energy into it makes the reward that much greater because a lot of the times the reward is about the process. It's about getting there. So Connect the movement, the new movement, to something you are already doing. So micro movements work well when they're, when they're um, combined with something that you're already doing. So um, typically if you're already drinking, you know, 32 ounces of water a day, your micro movement might be to add eight ounces a day. Um to get to the optimal place of half of your body weight. Those are, that's the ounces that is a nice cleansing process uh, to, or habit to be in. So connect the new movement to something you're already doing. When I get my coffee in the morning, I'll put one less sweetener in it. Now, as somebody who puts no sweetener in her coffee, that would be an easy one. So I wouldn't choose that one. However, I did use this process to eliminate dairy in my coffee by doing the half and half. It's also how I learned to really love seltzer. When I first started drinking it back in the day when there was only cranberry lime, which to this day I still don't like, but I would mix some juice in with it and then eventually there was no juice in it. And it was the straight-up seltzer that became refreshing to me. So um, when I get done with work, I'll put my workout clothes on immediately, not the loungy clothes after work. So right now, if you're working at home and you do wear the loungy clothes, 
make sure you're getting up and you're putting clothes on to work in because it also helps the mindset. But when your day completes, the same premise would apply. Immediately, I'm going to put those workout clothes on. So then I go do the workout. Um, When I go shopping, I will stick to the outer aisles because that's where the healthiest food is. So it helps to have these intentions already set and to identify what is the micro movement. Perhaps when you make your meal, um, you'll have a moment and you'll take a moment and you'll say what you're grateful for. These things, when you, they work in tandem, you can help to create um, some more of the supportive habits. So one of the things that I thought of while I was typing this up, my bullet points is when I sit to do my podcast notes, I will put all of my devices on do not disturb. My laptop is always on do not disturb, but my phone is not. So that was one of the things, you know, you got to walk your talk. So I said, what is one thing I'm going to do? And that was to put my phone on do not disturb. And Uh, So the next step for me could be that the phone isn't even in the same room I'm in uh, because just to break that habit of constantly checking it. So it's these micro movements really do matter. They add up. Um, If you're looking to have less clutter in your house, one of my favorite things that I actually created this when the kids were younger because I was being so overwhelmed by the toys and the clothing and everything that comes with three kids, my rule was one in, two out. So whatever came in, if a new toy came in, two had to be donated. Um, if I buy a book, which whew, still, still an addictive habit for me, but hey, <laughs> it's a good one, I think. Um, two books go out. And I always have a box going of books donated have one next to the door right now actually that needs to go out so one in two out I don't it doesn't necessarily have to be apples to apples so if you bought a shirt you don't necessarily have to take out two clothing items except that I think that really helps so that you're not getting too crowded um, in any one area so when I started doing the needle felting, of course, you need some supplies to get going. My rule is, unless it's for a specific project I'm working on, and can I buy the smallest amount available, not because I'm being cheap, but because I don't want to add to it, I have one Rubbermaid tote, and it's not the big one. <laughs> it's one of the average size ones. And that, when that's full, I cannot buy anymore, and it's currently full. So... I have to make the projects and, and the gifts since the reason I do it are f- primarily for gifts. I, well, it's for meditation and for stress release because there's nothing like poking a needle into something to, <laughs> to relieve stress, but one in, two out. So it keeps things in balance. Um, I don't believe motivation works. So motivation tends to be external and it tends to be what is created from wanting to meet somebody else's expectations so you know motivated for your 
to get that person to date you, you know, motivated so that your parents are proud, motivated to um, do what your trainer thinks you're capable of doing. You can borrow the energy, I suppose, a little bit, but true change comes from inspiration. The first two letters are in, you know, I-N. So um, it means to breathe, inspiration, to breathe life into. So I believe true change comes through inspiration. So what are you inspired to do? What are your, what micro movements are you inspired to make? Um, And then, you know, use those because then it becomes an inside job, right? It becomes something that matters to you. And then you're more likely to carry it forth. So if you want to change your behavior, you also have to take the sting out of it and um, sting out of the judgment of it rather and motivation if you're being screamed at sure you might move you might do you might change a behavior but it's not going to be long lasting because as soon as that element is removed uh, that you are motivated to do it for you're going to go the habit's going to go back to old behaviors and then that just, I think is going to add an element of could add an element of personal shame and it's just not necessary. So let's go with inspiration. Okay. What do you feel inspired to do? When you look at your list of the habits that are not supporting you, which one feels like it would be most inspiring to, 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 um, address and then go from there. That's using your intuition as well too, because, Sometimes when we change that one thing, there's this lovely ripple effect that happens and others seem to, you know, other unsupportive habits may seem to dissipate on their own. So it's, it's important. Um, I think it, we can look to others for inspiration. You can, um, see behaviors in others that you would like to emulate and then you bring on home to yourself Um, my partner is very much the epitome of recycling. And while I was good at it before, there was some stuff that I would, you know, get out of the habit of bringing my reusable cup. And, and if I was out, get a drink to go in plastic, you know, stuff like that, where, um, when you see someone who just does it because that's what they've created their habit to be, it can be inspiring. And it wasn't to impress anybody. It was like, that's right. I feel really good when I am recycling to the highest of my intention and I'm reusing and repurposing. And that's one of the things that I've really learned is the repurposing aspect of it, that it's, it's, it's great. You know, like our parents used to use the butter tubs or you never, you thought you were getting cookies and it would be buttons in the tin. That was so disappointing. So you can emulate, you can look to others for inspiration, of course, but you have to bring that home and have it be an inside job. And then that will help with the, uh, micro movements, right? So if you stop the judgment and you get more practical about it and then you dissolve the false reward of self-beating because sometimes picking on ourselves can you can get that same rush of 
feeling like you want to make a change, but that would be motivation as well. So let's do it from inspiration. How would you like to feel once you've accomplished something? How would you like to feel once you've changed a habit that was not supporting you any longer? So I love the acronym KISS and only I changed the last word because that word was not allowed in my house while the kids were growing up. They weren't allowed to say it to each other or towards themselves. So the original acronym is keep it simple, stupid, and I just will not do that. So I still use it, but I say keep it simple, sweetheart. So when you want to affect some change, thinking of yourself that way, okay, I'd like to keep it simple because that's where the micro movements happen. And then if you call yourself sweetheart, you're more inclined to do it. (laughs) So that desire has to be within um, or it won't be sustainable. And there might be some beliefs that are in the way or some where you need help from a, a coach or a therapist. There may be some shifting that has to happen on a psychological level in order to help with some of this. But most of the things you'd like to change, you are very capable of creating that with your own intelligence. So let's shift the message of go big or go home, because most of us are already home anyway, to let's go micro and then we can add up the happy dances as a result of that. So get on it. Get on your list. It feels good to do this. I know that sometimes it can feel daunting. Um, but on the, other, on the other side of it, and I've seen it in the thousands of people I work with, sometimes they need a little bit of encouragement. Sometimes a good old-fashioned kick in the booty. Um, lovingly, but a kick in the booty nonetheless. The reward of feeling good about oneself is there's, it's just immeasurable. And then there's an ease that comes with it when you then create the habits that are supportive. So I know you can do it. So let me know, comment on what, um, your changes, what are the things you'd like to make? Um, and if I can help, I'm, I'm here. I'm happy to do so. I'm going to be opening up some more spots for sessions because people are needing a lot of help right now. So I'm going to open up my schedule to allow for more one-time sessions and then coaching contracts. So I'm here and I'm happy to help and I know you can do it. So get on it. Okay. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at vickibaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.